You're listening to Miscast Commentary. Hey everybody, how's it going? And welcome to Miscast Commentary. I'm Joe Findlay. Todd Tebow the Sailor Murray. And we are calling from a bunker tonight where the Nintendo Switch is king. And... <laughs> yes, as all bunkers should have. Yeah, exactly. You otherwise, know, at least one blow up doll, blow up lamb in yeah. a switch. Otherwise, you go right to the sodomy, and you oh, really, yeah. you really want that to be a last resort. Yeah, and you know, come on, you got to have a nice build. You can't start yeah. with like yeah. the end. You know, with the climactic scene. Yeah. Well, I mean, like Keith Ledger in Brokeback Mountain, like just spit on his dick and jammed it in. Imagine what it would have been like had they not built up to that moment. He definitely grainy and dry. Yeah, he probably like he would have sanded like, it. That's out. how the movie starts. Like yeah. it's as an Ang Lee film, and then bam, they're going at it. Yeah, it's Raw. Like Randy Quaid just introduces them to each other, and they just start getting down and dirty. Randy Quaid. He's in that movie. Oh, yeah, that's right. He's in it. Ang Lee's gonna have to explain. Running. I wonder if he's the one who broke him. Now that we're talking about it, I think he did. It's like I had to watch the Joker and. Uh, Mysterio have sex in Mysterio. I was gonna say Nightcrawler. Yeah, because again, yeah, you're exactly, actually gonna yeah. hear a little bit about that. Oh no, you're not because that no, is you're edited not. out of this bit. Um, <laughs> Got a little too X-rated. Mm-hmm. Had to chop it out. But we've got an interesting episode for you today because today we do is a first. It's weird that we're looking commentary. at each other. Yeah, we're we're sitting at a regular table because we're not watching a movie today, so we're actually like just kind of weird. It's like yeah. comfortable and shit. I don't like it. I don't like it either. I like when <laughs> my back hurts. I can feel it. Yeah, like exactly. Suffering for our art. Yeah, I really. I need to put something into it. I need to sacrifice something. But um, what is interesting? Yeah, we had our very first interview. From we commentary. did. I think it went really well too. I did too. Uh, some some technical hiccups and uh... yeah. Oh well, let's just put all the cards on the table. He already knows about. It. I contacted him. Our primary record just flat out failed. Yeah. But I was so paranoid that our primary record was just going to flat out fail that I had a secondary and tertiary recording going all at the Sweet. same time, and they both worked. So. We are going with the secondary recording. The tertiary recording is waiting just the in terse. case my, just in case the computer breaks down before I post this episode. Sweet. Yeah. Where you just I didn't know you, you said tertiary and I heard like, heard like turd shit. Like I, then I was thinking about like turd a dictionary, shit. a dictionary turd that's shit. all about turds. <laughs> yeah. That's why I don't know why. Yeah. You know how Yeah. The first the, it, there's no A or B. It just goes to Cleveland Steamer. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Uh, Good word usage. The third, the third one. Yeah, yeah. Dumbass. Phone, and then we had this old stenographer lady. Yes. <laughs> Could you go back to that? No. Just keep typing. Yes. But before we unveil said interview, uh, there is some important business to go over. There sure is. Because we need to announce what the next movie is going to be. Yes, we do. And the man I don't even know what it is. <laughs> okay. Well, the man we interviewed. Uh... He basically requested a movie oh, of us, and I know it now. Yeah, yeah, I'm back. I'm back up today. Well, it's hard because we do these so out of order yeah. and uh, ahead of time. That oh, who knows? Time's out of order. Yeah, exactly. Right. It's uh, it's all uh, what's it called? It's all relative. Yeah, it's all happening at once inside a mysterious bookcase. So yeah, Ray Mysterio. Ray Mysterio. What hell of a bookcase you got there? Oh, I was thinking like Matthew McConaughey. Ooh, crying! I'm oh not yeah, a, I'm not aging. It was kind of actually. Now that I'm thinking about one of his most famous lines is, "I keep getting older, and they keep staying the same age." This was literally the opposite. He didn't age while his kids got old. Is that Interstellar? Yeah. Oh my God! I think I like fell asleep. I just woke up, attempted suicide. 
Yeah. And then was like, wow, it's the magical bookcase. I was like, holy fuck. And that's where all time has existed. Oh, God. So deal with it. The most overrated director working today, Christopher Nolan. I just said the truth. He's not letting him off the hook, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, that's I don't all give I can say. Fuck. Yeah, Christopher Nolan, call in if you disagree. I'm saying that even over top of Rennie Harlan, because after the first Rennie Harlan, you know what you're getting. Okay, Rennie not Har- with this guy. Well, Rennie Harlan, he needed to have been rated highly to be ra- overrated. Nobody rated him highly. Well, exactly. That's so. why Christopher yeah. Nolan is my pick for right. schmutz of the year. Schmutz? Yep. It's like he's just a little stain on your shirt. He's a schmutz, I tell you. It's like a schmuck? Schmutz of the century. I was no, called schmutz. A, I was called a schmuck today. You were not. Yeah, my mom called me a schmuck. Yeah, well, you probably deserved it. Yeah. Well, I was telling my daughter that it's not pronounced smock, it's pronounced schmuck. And then I was called a schmuck. You it was a real a play schmuck. on words. That sounds like it was a good tit-a-tit. It was a... little titty-titty. Yeah. It was not a titty-to-titty with my mom. <laughs> Thank you very much. Uh, but let's jump back into what we were originally talking about. Yeah, we fun. went to, uh, so anyways, we get the request and I'm like, and then we agreed we were going to do this interview and he's going to explain why he wanted us to do this and all that. It's a great interview. So just tune in, just stay tuned in. It's going to be on in like a couple of minutes. Uh, but we are doing the the 1990s video game adaptation Double, Double Dragon. Dragon. We said it twice to get yeah. well, we said it together in unison. Like the lead counts as two, though. Yeah, exactly. Otherwise, it would have been single dragon. We should get that necklace. <laughs> I wonder yes. if you can find that at a comic book land on yeah. uh, whatever day. I'm is. sure they made it at some point. But yeah, so, anyways, we were doing Double Dragon. Let us just have a quick look at the trailer 2007, Los Angeles. The city has changed. Cops rule the day. Punks rule the night. And one man wants to rule them all. There's only one thing he needs to succeed. This is only half. Find me the other half now. And look who's got it. It magnifies the power inside you. This half gives power over the body. Now, two brothers will stop at nothing to protect their half. Look out! And a madman will stop at nothing to possess it. You're gonna love this. Let's have some fun. Who wants gum? If they succeed, they're heroes. But if he does... Their history. Time to skin you guys. Robert Patrick, Scott Wolf, Mark DeCoscos, and Alyssa Milano, Double Dragon. You said it. We don't really have to wear these, do we? 
All right, so that's it. Strap in, ladies and gentlemen. Strap in, because you'll want to leave. We're going so get to get somebody yeah. else to strap you in, and then yeah. you'll be forced yeah. to. And we are going down a rabbit hole that goes beyond Double Dragon. You'll hear more about that in this interview because there's a special announcement in the interview. Uh, but now to talk about the subject of our interview, we have author, speaker. Comic book writer. Comic book writer. Author, published author. I said just literally the first thing I you said. You didn't say published. Okay, but usually when you say I'm an author, author, I write pages in a notebook, rip them up, and throw them off the balcony. Nobody's ever been able to read one of those pages. <laughs> it is literally looks like you stuck a pen up a chicken's ass and they made it run across the paper. Yeah, chop the pen off first. What is this? It looks like it looks like Todd writes in cuneiform. <laughs> Like it's just, it is right. But, I believe that I secretly started the at symbol with my t- two shaped A's. Yes, like that's so you could carry that right around to the yeah. at. I should sue the makers of the at symbol. Yet he's Microsoft? only yet he's only tweeted like four times. No, that's why I'm deserving of probably so many zeros after the the number in front of it that yeah. You know, he, yeah he should get a quarter billion dollars for each one of his tweets yes. so he's trying not to drain the world economy <laughs> exactly i'm doing you a favor thanks all right so hey remember that guy who's done all those things he's author all that kind of good stuff his name is bj mendelson and we sat down with him for a very lengthy time he yeah. was he was kind enough and he he stuck it out with us for he was a, a cool guy time. i liked him yeah and so uh he had let, really no reason or business to hang around that long yet he did yeah absolutely i would i'm i'm usually done with this about 20 minutes in <laughs> and... yeah that's when the phone in happens literally yeah. he leaves the room <laughs> yeah. puts a phone and then i just hear him through the phone yeah exactly. and i think it's a recording usually it is <laughs> you said it todd yeah <laughs> you said it Todd. i'm like oh what the fuck like yeah <laughs> it's all from a movie we still haven't even done yet yeah. too i was like man you keep mentioning ray finds a lot let us now take a listen to this interview. We are here with author, comic book creator, speaker, all-around good guy, and our very first guest. Social media hater. Oh. <laughs> yeah, we are here with BJ right. Mendelson. BJ, thank you so much for joining <laughs> thank us. Thank you so much, hey. dude. First guest. Thank you, guys. Um, I, I sure hope we went with the right movie for your first guest. But... Oh, my It should have been Showgirls, but pretty close. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That was that's always Todd's. It's showgirls or beaches. Showgirls or bust. Yes. Okay. Beaches. That's that's a hot take. I can see. I can see people wanting to fight on that one. He's, he's got an interesting. It's a it's a hot movie thing. too. Yeah. If you watch beaches and you can get through the whole thing without having a rage boner, like I, you're you're a better person than me. <laughs> I tell you that. It's all rage with him too. It's it's horrifying. I need the anger, or else it's not going to yeah. happen. <laughs> um so uh we do, we talk about your books you have uh social media is bullshit you have sure. uh pri- you have privacy and we want uh i just need to know right now uh is our facebook page the reason donald trump got elected <laughs> uh would it would it help if i said yes no it helps me okay. yeah sleep at night I, I'd like, yeah, yeah it had nothing to do with it okay it, uh, i totally yeah <laughs> I totally, totally wanted to speak to you about this because okay. I absolutely, I know you do not hate, you know, the tool itself, right. but you're, you're very educated about it. And I've always, for literally no reason at all, hated social media. Asked this guy, I was okay. like the last guy to have a cell phone, total Luddite. Yeah. And then I saw that you wrote the book 
social media is bullshit, which I think you should have put an exclamation point at the end of the word bullshit. Like you were screaming <laughs> so. it and then throwing your phone. This is bullshit, <laughs> you know, and then throw it. But I dig your style on that. And were you totally Thank like, you. fuck you, everybody. When, can we swear into this thing? Well, we swear in every other episode. I don't think we oh. should stop now. Okay. okay so so were, you, were you totally like totally awesome like fuck everybody when you were saying that social media is bullshit and then suddenly we find out what you've always known which is like it's so rigged that it's disgusting and mark zuckerberg is actually an android with human skin stretched over top of him (laughs) right he looks a lot like data uh or so the internet tells me he looks a little bit like data from exploration like who data oh my god you're right i have never thought about that before and now i can think of nothing else you have to Google this. Just just Google Mark Zuckerberg data, and it, it's fantastic. It is. It'll make your day. Yeah. Did you feel a little bit of vindication when you you know you've got your book about privacy, and then everything comes out with him? Were you holding your book out the window, going, yeah. "I told so, you"? <laughs> this has happened twice now. Uh, so I started writing like social media is bullshit in 2010. So I was a little a little ahead of the curve, but then it was just after all the stuff started to happen, I was like, "Yep, I totally called it." And then, yeah, the privacy book also was written in 2015, 2016. And so now you've got Zuckerberg in front of the uh, European Union Parliament this morning and then the Congress. And uh, yeah, I try very hard not to say I told you so. Like, I don't want to be that guy. But there's certainly been some moments where I've just sort of sat there going, I fucking told you. Yep. <laughs> you yep. are an infinitely better man than either one of us because I still wouldn't be <laughs> I was, like this. We would have had to cancel the podcast. And that would just be that would just yeah. be me. You would see just photos of Todd crying and reaching for me, going, "You need to eat." It's been months. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, but yeah, oh man. I say I told you so, and I didn't even come up with a book on the matter. <laughs> no. Yeah. Exactly. Well, I had a lot of that. I had a lot of people that would come into the store who had no idea who I was or what the book was about, and they would look at the title and they would hold up the book over their head proudly. And then circle around the store. Nice. <laughs> That's happened a few times. So yeah, there's been a number of people who've thought that way. Well, it's like that Sally Field union moment, right? The strike moment. It's like this. Yes. Is, it's uh, it's they um... they walk in with Dianetics, throw it on the ground in a rage, <laughs> pick your book up and hold it high. <laughs> exactly. There's a new god in town. And somebody was crushed <laughs> under the giant Dianetics book. Exactly. What was your a motivation to write especially the second book so you've got the first book out was it more to was it kind of did you think of it more as like i need to elaborate on what i said by digging into the privacy or was so, it i have a whole nother point to make there's a book sandwiched between the two of them uh that goes throughout for like this tech company executive it'll probably never see the light of day but basically it was about if you dangle billions of dollars in front of 18 19 20 year olds they're going to do some really shitty stuff to get that billion of dollars. And <laughs> it's, it's hard, you know, it's hard to fault them. Right. So uh, that's really where the privacy stuff came from is, yeah, as I was going through that book and doing the research, I was like, okay, well, the first thing that goes out the window is your data because you have no idea what the fuck is going on with it to begin with. So all of these kids are gobbling it up and using it. Uh, my favorite example, there's a company, do you guys watch Shark Tank? Uh, you yeah. know, I, I have watched Shark Tank. Okay. I'm not a fan of Shark Tank for this reason. Uh, these guys were on Shark Tank. I know them personally. And they came on and they're like, oh, you know, we're just a humble little startup. And we, uh, I can't say their name because I'm going to get into a world of shit. Okay. But I'll the say story... their names. No, you will <laughs> send it to me over text. <laughs> yeah, I, I could definitely do that. Uh, so the story they told was complete bullshit. What they actually did was they broke into 
the student directory for a lot of colleges in the Midwest, and they download all of the emails and just spam the shit out of all of those college students. And that's actually how they grew. And so that's really what the book was about. And that led to the privacy book where I was like, they're not alone. Like everyone is doing this. So like the thing I tell people is that Cambridge Analytica thing is as frightening as it might be, they were not alone. And it was like, that was a common practice between 2014, 2017. Well, it's like everything too. It's just even when you go on Facebook and the thing you checked out on Amazon but didn't buy is now sitting in front of your face and you close <laughs> and you close your drapes and hide under the table. And... <laughs> You know, or when you you say something, you have a conversation about something, you didn't look it up, and then the next time you go on in your newsfeed on your phone is like that issue. Yeah, you know what's is, scary about that? Is that a real that? thing? Is that I swear that happened to me after they said it? No, but so <laughs> the, so the theory is that, like Facebook can do it. If they publicly say they can't, they can. Um, what's more likely is there's something else on your phone that's collecting that data and selling it to Facebook. Way to go. Uh, that's more likely. I mean, but I can't dispute whether or not Facebook is doing it because I know for a fact they technically can do it. Oh, right on. Well, I, not right on. That's probably not I, the I looked up nothing about Jennifer Aniston and Justin Theroux's breakup, but I spoke okay. about it, and then it was in my news feed. And I was like, yep. whoa. Well, it was, was also like big piece of news. That would be like um, when, when uh, Osama bin Laden was caught, it was like, you know what? I talked about him with somebody the other no. day. Now all of a sudden it's on the headlines. That happened to me too. I was talking about that volcano thing in Hawaii and there it is on my phone. Yeah, I'm like, the they're watching me. So, so, so Todd doesn't necessarily get the difference between the news and privacy. <laughs> there is no difference. There might not be. Uh, I look, uh, I'm talking about doing like this, not serious at all podcast with my friend Jackie. And we're like, okay, we're going to get high and watch Batman. Yeah. Eight series. And so the first episode is going to be uh, with Red Claw. I haven't thought about Red Claw in like 25, 30 years or however old that show is now. Next thing I know, I'm seeing shit for Red Claw that happens. in Facebook. No word of a lie. Just a, just a side thing. We were talking about, um, it was a, a band. What was the band? Oh, it was uh, in the Night Sweats. Something, it? yeah. It was, I can't remember, something in What's the Night Sweats. What's his name in the Night Sweats? And, okay. um... And we were just talking about him, and then he went home, and then I texted him just a screenshot from my phone on Colbert that band was playing. I was like, that's just how our lives work. So every time <laughs> we talk about something, it appears immediately like we wished for it. That's awesome. Um, uh, I hope that helps with book sales. I'm gonna, <laughs> yeah, yeah you guys for that. real. No doubt, but I mean, it is, <laughs> it, it's one of those things, and we've done several movies now where they became so much more relevant after they came out. Like when the movie came out, I'm trying to think of specific examples right now, but um, a great one actually would be Canadian bacon was a really good example at yes. the time where, you know, it see, it seemed like such an out there stretched out satire. And then as you right. kind of get deeper and deeper, you're like, Oh, this is just kind of what it is now, isn't it? Like it's, it's what yep. it feels like. And it's been so much more relevant. And I feel that way uh, when I saw again, the release of your books and then what's been going on more recently. It's all, it's almost it's a little like, weird, man, a little weird. Yeah, it's, it's like that stranger than fiction. You've been writing it down and then it's been coming to fruition. Okay. Well, I, I want to ask well, where yes, did, where did your, uh, uh, this, this wanting to look into the internet and social media, like wh where did that uh, start? Where did you find this information oh. as well? Like where, where do you look so, for this kind of thing? Uh, back when I was 18, I wanted to be a stand-up comedian. And uh, in New York State, if you're under 21, you're not allowed in a bar. So I was having trouble getting on shows because they're like, you know, we can't have you in the case that we get spot checked or something. So I said, 
all right, if I rent out your venue, could I do comedy? Like, yeah, you can do whatever the fuck you want if you rent out the bar. So I did 55 of those shows up and down the East Coast where I was doing comedy and working with bands and I had no other money beyond what I was paying to rent out the place. So uh, I was entirely dependent on the internet to promote those shows. So like really early on, 1998, 99, uh, I was using like GeoCities and Friendster and MySpace and Facebook back when it worked and all the different platforms just to see if I can get a little bit of an edge in terms of drawing people out. So uh, that led to like Sprint and Ogilvy and Mather and Sears back when Sears was the thing coming to me for like consulting work to do advertising on the air. Like and that, that's sort of where Sears? all this happened. What was that? Like Sears, like the, yes, yeah, Sears, Sears, like the bra section that I'm not allowed in anymore. <laughs> that's why they closed the chain down, by the way. Just to let you know. I, they kick okay. me out of that when I go next town over. That's, that's crazy. So you, so you basically, you kind of, you know, you've now circumvented all of that and like what were your your biggest findings like so you you've done all of that and it was like how does that come out in the end so now you've done your shows and so the big thing was i found and i i found this again throughout so it's been over a decade now which is kind of frightening but i found over and over again that it was the offline stuff that mattered the most okay and if you did, if you did the offline stuff right that would drive the online stuff like they would if you got people excited that they would go online and do the promotion for you instead of like you doing the promotion for your thing. Okay. And so uh, this is a crazy story, but I don't know if you guys remember, but there was a race to a million followers on Twitter. Ashton Kutcher, CNN. Oh, uh, I knew that was back in the day. Yeah. I, think yeah. I remember that so actually. Here's, here's... Didn't Ashton Kutcher blow them out of the water? Uh, no, there, there was a lot of shady shit with that, but here's the thing. Uh, it was, <laughs> It was Ashley Kutcher, CNN, Oprah, and then me. Oh. Like, I, I was number four behind <laughs> them. And, uh, yeah. So what happened was Twitter rolled out this suggested user list. So it was like 28 celebrities and then me. Uh, and I used to get really excited because Bill Cosby was on the list. And then it was my face under him. And now I'm not so excited about that connection. <laughs> yeah. Nobody uh, wants but, their face under Bill Cosby. <laughs> well, or, yeah, or anywhere near Bill Cosby at this point. Uh, so... They had that suggested user list, and what was happening was everyone was auto-following these accounts, including mine. So people weren't really following Ashton Kutcher or CNN. It was just all the news coverage was bringing people in, and they locked it so that you couldn't unfollow Ashton or CNN. So it was a bunch of shady shit that, that went on with that. But I tell you that because I was like, all right, close to a million followers. I should be able to raise money. I should be able to sell books for things. I sold maybe 28 books using Twitter. Mm -hmm. where the book went on to sell about 7,000 copies through offline stuff. And so that was the big takeaway was even those years later when I was like, all right, let's see if this stuff works. Uh, it was the offline stuff that married most. Wow. I'll tell you though, you, so you're kind of, you got to be named up amongst those people, your Oprah's and your Ashton Kutcher's. <laughs> and I just literally lost my mind when Kadeem Hardison liked a tweet that I. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. I still have that. I, uh, I'm a big fan of women's wrestling, so anytime, uh, anytime any of those uh, those women like something that I post on Twitter, I still get very excited about it. It's, wait, uh, wait, wait, wait. Which which female wrestler liked something you did? So Mia Yim uh, and Diamante. Sweet. You know what? Yeah, I was so gonna. I was gonna. You you brought me there already. Okay. So <laughs> I was gonna go here with you because I looked on your website. I was like stalking you online, which is what you do when you look at things online. Right. It's called research. Sort yeah, of. that's what they. Well, right. I'm sweating and kind of giggling, so I kind of it's kind of stalking really. <laughs> and so 
I saw what you said about 205 Live and how like okay. you should you you think that it would be a good idea for them to put women in there. Okay, first yes. of all, it's not fair for Charlotte Flair to fight any of those dudes because she would mop the floor with them. That's true. But that's very true. I don't think that you give 205 Live enough credit. Because I okay. personally think that 205 Live is the best show on the WWE Network. Yeah, it needs more promotion, agree. but constant this is awesome chance and like A plus matches. But adding women in would be the great because you just add sexy women to anything, really, and it's going to be better. <laughs> well, I mean, like when I wrote that, that was, I think, before Enzo was the champ. I think it was when Neville kind of vanished and then they were sort of struggling with what they were going to do. Uh, so the show is much better now, like since. But just before WrestleMania, the show has been my favorite, personally. Uh, so I agree. I do think it would be good. I, I'm a big proponent of intergender wrestling because I it's it's a show. Like, if you if Daenerys Targaryen can light up an entire army with men with her imaginary dragon. Sexy not star? Yeah, sexy, well, yeah, sexy exa- star is exactly. the actual legit champ over in uh, wherever that one Lucha, is. Yeah, Lucha Underground. New Japan, or Lucha, that's right. They have so, intergender matches all the time in the other companies. Right. Yeah. So why I don't know. It's probably like you said. It's probably the the the, the old white dudes in the office are probably gonna have a heart attack. Yeah, they're yeah. probably it, still it, not it, over there. We're letting them wrestle. Is she gonna take her boobs out? No. Oh my god. Well, that's I thought. Well, that's used to be what upset Vince McMahon. Yeah, they're not gonna take their boobs out. Well, forget it. Right. Then. <laughs> I wash my hands of the whole thing. Um, okay, so we go off of the books, but I do suggest highly that people go and check these books out. Social media is bullshit. Privacy and how we get it back just it's especially now more than ever get the get the hell off your facebook and go check out this book yeah for real everybody uh, should get off facebook wait this sounds like you're winding down or something no i'm not no i'm 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 uh trans i'm uh, transitioning to the next thing okay wait a second wait a second i'm, I'm not finished yet okay, okay todd's got some okay money. so wait a second i looked okay. you up on the internetting when i was <laughs> finished with pornography which is what, what it was really made for i don't know what all yeah, these other things are going it's on true there. But I saw that you actually fist fought the ambassador to Pakistan in the UN parking lot. <laughs> I wish that was the actual story. Like that, that would be is so cool. Pretty badass, dude. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I had a, uh, I was a substitute teacher in um, a pretty rough, pretty rough city, um, and so I got along with those kids. I love those kids, but uh, you know, my tactics was basically to keep them in line through like scare tactics. So. Uh, what I would do is I took this idea from my dad, who was a teacher in the Bronx for like 40 years. Uh, there is nothing scarier to a kid than having to tell their mom why they're interrupting their mom's work day uh, because of their misbehavior. Yeah. And so there used to be a phone in the front of the classroom. I'd be like, all right, uh, if you act up, I'm going to make you sit in the front of the classroom. And if you act up again, you're going to actually dial this phone and call your mom. I'm going to get the number from the office and you're going to have to explain in front of the entire class why you're being a dick. <laughs> and so uh nine times out of ten that worked beautifully that, that kept them all under control but it became that they were afraid of me and so this one girl named boutique uh she kind of cornered me and she's like mr mendelson i ain't afraid of you i'm gonna beat you up after school Ooh. i said okay i'll see you in the parking lot <laughs> and, the, and, the, and the kids go go oh and so that's why i tell people i was challenged to a fight by an eighth grader uh i did debate the ambassador of pakistan at the united nations but he didn't challenge me to a fight although he probably should have uh that that would have been way more entertaining than like the actual debate because he would just talk in circles and you'd be like make a fucking point 
And he would be like, oh, you know, the sun and the moon in ancient Babylon. It's like, holy shit, there's another hour of this. Nothing more frustrating than seeing that, too, because then you could say, I'm not making a point. And you're like, no, you're just not smart enough to get. No, I am. That's the right. problem. Yeah. No, they just yeah. talk around in circles like politicians. That's the... But you were at the U.N., though. Yeah, so I was at the U.N. debating the ambassador to Pakistan. They invite you to that kind of thing. You get like a letter or something and they say, come to the yeah. U.N. And they're really formal about it. Like, I thought I was getting punks. Like, I, <laughs> I thought for sure. The email came in and I was like, fuck you. This is not this. <laughs> this is not the United Nations. I sat on it for like two weeks and finally I'm like, I checked, you know, I texted all my friends. It's like, hey, did you send me this thing from the United Nations? Like, no, what what thing? So I, I did text them and it was real. Uh, and then they like had like a whole thing. Uh, there was like a formal letter that came in the mail and then they went down there and they had like a formal uh, thing to greet everybody at the door. So it was it was kind of overwhelming because that was my first speaking engagement for Social media is bullshit. Wow. So, like, right out of the gate, I was at the United Nations Swinging talking to the fences. Yeah. That is wonderful. No, no disrespect, but I'm coming out with a book called <laughs> "The Internet Is Hooey." It's seventy five percent cheaper than your book. It's for kids, and so it's, it's, it's like a pop up. Like it's like a pop up thing. Yeah. So it's just a little friendly competition, bro. Don't you know? That's great. <laughs> and I will. I'll come to someone's house and tell them the internet sucks for pretty much a free lunch. <laughs> I did, you know, I did that for years. So to me, it's like, <laughs> all right. I was like, all right, I, I'm past the stage. I had a heart surgery. I almost died from a heart attack in Wales. Oh I was God. like, all right, I can only do like 12 of these a year. Yeah. So the, the only way to do it is, is the charge. And so that's the only reason why I do it. But for what? years, I Dude, was like, I'm totally just being a dick. That's my job. <laughs> that's right. But by way of comparison, like those guys in that space usually make like $200,000 per presentation. Oh, yeah. Which is insane to me. Like I can't imagine paying anyone that kind of money for one presentation. Yeah, well, I I always saw that. I remember the big stories. I think it was after Clinton was done, where they were saying, "Oh, he's making like you know five million dollars yeah. per engagement." And I'm like, "Oh, so I just need to become the president of the United States." I got a few hurdles <laughs> to get over being Canadian, but other than that, <laughs> oh, there's you can get in there. They'll figure Although, it out. Schwarzenegger Martin Van Buren was apparently Canadian. Who was this? Martin Van Buren was allegedly not an American citizen, oh, and. He was said to be Canadian, so it's very possible that hurdle wasn't there. I've always told people Martin Van Buren was going to be my in. I just didn't know how. <laughs> no, 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 no. You can be from somewhere else and still be the first lady. Look at Melania. You could Melania? be the first man. You'll be the first gay Todd, lady man. Todd purposefully mispronounces names just to make me upset. I just okay. want to put you. Okay. Put that okay. If Donald Trump can't spell his own wife's name correctly, why do I have to pronounce it correctly? <laughs> That's true. That is completely Fair enough. true. Okay, but yeah, so we'll, we uh, jump off the books now, and I want to talk to you about Vengeance Nevada. Uh, I, oh. I uh, read the first issue today, Okay. and it was fantastic. I liked and it too. To yeah. not spoil anything, because I, I do think people should go out and check this thing out, but I, it, I'm hooked right away when I get a Star Wars reference in something that's not <laughs> Star Wars. So. So There's I, one in each issue. Yeah, oh, perfect. So you... <laughs> So you, you, it's almost like you knew I was your audience. Again, probably the social media. I was <laughs> well, I, I, oh yeah, well, when I was farting around on your website, I knew when I saw Rockbiter from the Neverending Story and yes. I saw the wrestling, I was like, this guy's right at my alley. He, he, you know, he hates social media. I'm like, this guy is probably my illegitimate brother or something. I very well could be. I was Santa Claus, so it's possible. I'm oh, reading that's your right. It says there to you, right? <laughs> you were, and Todd was a Santa Claus when we worked together at a restaurant. Yeah, that's uh, oh, really? pretty quick. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> let me tell you. Yeah, not no, allowed at the mall anymore. The wrong people. 
the wrong people were sitting on his lap and he wasn't happy with them. Oh, yes. Can, can I tell you about the best part about being the mall Santa is I didn't even know they were hiring. I just sort of walked into the mall one day. As and they Santa. Had a <laughs> no, I, well, I should have. I should, you're dressed for the job, job you want. want. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, so they just had this little booth. I walked up to it. I was like, hey, uh, I'm looking for a job. What are you hiring for? She goes, Santa Claus. I said, I can be Santa Claus. And she goes, you're hired. Nice. Wow. That's <laughs> so all the qualifications job. you need. That's like the old old movies that take place in the 50s when you wanted a job and you'd go in and you'd just take the help right. wanted side <laughs> off the window. Um, that's awesome. But yeah, so anyways, I'm, I'm reading the book and it's got a lot of things. The first issue definitely always, as in the case with any comic or anything, uh, leaves a lot of questions yes, going because right. you see you're meeting these new characters. You're like, oh, what are they all about? And obviously you're you're learning a lot about these things and you're going to learn more in the future. But what um, inspired you to line this kind of story up? <laughs> so there's a couple of things. Like I started reading comics in the early 90s. And so for people that remember comics in the early 90s, it was all like anti-heroes. Right? It was like the Punisher and Venom has his own series and Ghost Rider. And I always loved Ghost Rider. You know, he's my Twitter cover photo. But Ghost Rider is really fucking boring. <laughs> yeah. So much so that like at the height of his popularity, they had the Infinity Gauntlet crossover. And Ghost Rider is nowhere to be found because the writers didn't know what to do with him. Like he was just too powerful. So like, ah, oh, we're going to pretend he doesn't exist. So it started with a challenge. It was like, OK, can I make Ghost Rider interesting? So that was the first thing. The second thing, I'm a, I'm a huge fan of the Venture Brothers. Oh, my God. Me too. And I hate how long it takes between seasons. And so I, I almost died between seasons. And I was in the hospital. I was texting my friend Jackie. I was like, look, I, I'm, not, I'm not sure if I'm going to be alive by the time season six comes out. So I'm going to do a comic book that's got the same tone and the same sort of humor and depth as the Venture Brothers. But we're going to do it with an all-female cast. Because we, the thing that I, Jackie and I always talk about is that... Uh, the female characters in the Venture Brothers, aside from Dr. Mr. the Monarch, really don't have any depth to them. Like Triana Orpheus is a sex, sex object. Molotov Cocktail is a sex object. Uh, I, there's like, I'm, I'm forgetting a couple of them, but you get the idea. Like, yeah, really no, don't you're, serve you're spot much on, purpose. spot on. So uh, with everything that's going on now and all of these uh, female superheroes and whatnot in Avengers and your Wonder Woman, is mm. that becoming more prevalent? Has that kind of validated you a little bit in creating? No. No, <laughs> <laughs> not at all. Um, the only reason why we went, so I, I said, so I've gotten this question a lot because people are like, oh, you're riding the social justice wave. I'm like, well, I don't mind it, but it's not, that's not why I did it. You know, I oh. did it because I'm better at writing women than I am men uh, because all the women I write are people that are based on people I know. Yeah. And I've just been one of those people that throughout life, like 99.9% of my friends uh, are all women. Mm-hmm. And so it was just easier for me to be like, oh, Kristen. Kristen's actually based off of someone I know okay. uh, who's Mohawk. Uh, and so some of her stories and experience really informs what Kristen's story is because Kristen is native as well uh, in, in the comic. And so that's really why it went with an all-female cast because I was like, okay, I, I can write this better. Nice. Whereas if I'm writing dudes, I, I'm going to really struggle and it's going to be – it's going to turn to what, what, what you see in the movie – where every scene they're high fiving each other and making a joke. <laughs> well, it's because <laughs> like, Scott Wolf doesn't know karate. <laughs> clearly, <laughs> but uh, no. But what I was suggesting wasn't that you were inspired by that. It was that this kind of happened because I mean, you had this obviously underway a long time before anybody yeah. ever saw Avengers, and then you get to see all these strong women all at once, and you're like, I have this woman thing, and now you people are getting to see that and loving it. Yeah, and that's yeah. that kind of like, a, oh, isn't this? Like, this it is amazing. Out. It's like, I, you know, I, I'm doing this 
almost before it was cool. <laughs> uh, we see you know it's a trend with uh with my books <laughs> i tend to, i tend to always be like a few yeah, years right? about a, uh that started in 2015 yeah so like it's been in the works for that long so i mean that's that's when that conversation started for that book yeah that's ahead of the curve bro ahead of the curve yeah you're definitely a soothsayer and i'm not gonna ask when i die because i'm afraid it's way too oh, soon oh lord I ate a lot oh of t- shit! Three, three months from now. <laughs> yeah. That's actually you can't wait, wait that long. You I, can't. No. I, I assumed I turned my air conditioner off, so I assumed it was going to be by the end of the evening. It, it might be. <laughs> um, that's amazing, though. But I really liked um, the art in this thing. I yeah, dug that it was black and white too. I really liked it. But the highlights like, of color, yeah. and stuff. It's it draws your attention to that one thing as you're reading through, and you just get this one little bit, and it's like, oh, I bring my eye over here. I really, yep. really enjoyed the uh i really really enjoyed it i'll be honest i don't read a lot of comics i the first comic i read in ages was a compendium of star wars empire oh, comics. Cool. what a surprise <laughs> i know that's all me and Very again cool. and uh and i was like so but in prep in preparation for uh the interview i was like i gotta check this thing out and i was and i was going through it and i i probably read i've read it two and a half times since i got it this afternoon that's perfect. and it's been really it was really really cool and i'm looking forward to seeing what happens with the rest of it well think yeah that's how it's designed too i like that you said that because i my problem with comics today is that they explain everything to you there's a lot of hand holding and uh, you, there's no depth to it you spend five dollars for a comic and you're done in like 10 minutes and then you just move on to the next thing uh this there's you you can read it at least three different times uh and still catch things like the ending to the series is actually in the first issue yeah hidden away in there mm-hmm. Yeah, I, uh, I so I, I did stuff like that. that. I didn't want to say anything. Oh, you did not. Whatever. <laughs> no, eh? no, I kind no. It was it was just kind of like I was. I got to a point and I was like, who who is this person talking to? Again, I don't want to spoil anything, obviously, right. but it's kind of like what's happening here, and I'm like, oh, this must be a like a big flash forward. <laughs> so I was just kind of like, yeah, it was it was really cool, and it it was it made me feel. It, it was definitely really smartly written because it made me feel like, am I missing something? But indeed, it was just because I, it's because it was leaving those questions. And then I, that's what I realized. It's like, oh, it's like the beginning of a TV show or anything. You don't, that's, you're not supposed to have right. the answers. That's exactly what I was going to say. Like when you're watching Westworld or one of these shows and you're like, man, like, and, you know, but then as the episodes go on, yeah. they explain themselves like what Lost was supposed to be. Yeah. But turned out to <laughs> right. be absolutely nothing. <laughs> Wait, yeah, it turned out to be something different, uh, which actually happens in this movie too, right? Like you're watching uh, very clearly. They 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 had like this vision, right? Of of and they didn't explain anything to you other than oh, the big quake and yeah. here's this strange city, and then they just sort of drop you into it. But uh, what I would like to think <laughs> is that I have a plan as opposed to this movie that we're going to talk about. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, uh, yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, well, we might as well just get into that because you do owe us an explanation. Uh, Just give a little (laughs) bit of backstory. Uh, A long time ago, we put out to anybody that we would do requests. Like we're not as as much as we like to do the movies we want to do. We would do we would entertain any requests. And then we get a tweet from Mr. B.J. Mendelson, who says, you need to see this movie. And then or we need to do this movie, and this movie is Double Dragon. <laughs> so explain <laughs> yourself, sir. All right, so there's really two. I mean, there's really two things going on. The first is that I'm a bit of a practical joker, uh, so there was a little bit of trolling involved. I do that with. I've done that with every single movie <laughs> podcast. Yeah. Uh, okay, so I have this list, and I talked about this on other interviews, but I've got this list of about ten thousand active podcasts. Mm-hmm. Uh, about two thousand or so of them are movie podcasts. 
So as I, I you know, when you go through any big research project, you have to amuse yourself. Yeah. So as I was going through the list, I'm like, I'm going to message all of them and tell them to watch Double Dragon <laughs> and see how many of them I could I get to actually do it. Um, only one of them had already done it. FilmSack had already done an episode on Double Dragon. Everyone else was like, I've never seen this movie before. Uh, tell me more, stranger. So I was kind of <laughs> pleased. Uh, the second thing was I was I was curious because uh, you know I've spent a lot of time as a journalist um, working for different media outlets. And I was always curious about can you make something a thing? Like can I make Double Dragon? Can I make Fetch happen? Can I make Double Dragon <laughs> a thing? And so I was curious to see what would happen if I got as many of the movie podcasts as I could to talk about Double Dragon because it's it's perfect for the '90s nostalgia wave that's happening right now. Yeah. So I was like, all right, if I can get all of them to talk about, will this become a thing? Are we going to talk about? Will we see articles about it? Uh, like Facebook, Face Off last year had its 20th anniversary. Mm-hmm. And so there was like this wave of nostalgia for Face Off. I'm like, what if we could do that for Double Dragon? <laughs> and so that's that's sort of why. I, I, plus, also, I enjoyed the show, um, which goes without, I think goes without saying. Like, I didn't contact people where I thought the show sucked because I just didn't care. <laughs> Well, uh, yeah, I just didn't want to hear what they had to say. So <laughs> I, was I also enjoyed the show. So it's like, all right. I was literally just going to say how unimpressed I suddenly was when you said you just spam mailed every single <laughs> podcast to see. And we're like that one girl at the bar after you went to every girl and got a slap. And we're that sad bitch at the end of the bar <laughs> crying. And you walk up like, hey, there, yeah, I'll come home with you, you know? <laughs> That being well, said, we yeah. are that sad bitch, so I don't really know. What. That was I, I pretty, I'm pretty sure that's what I wrote in our mission statement. Yeah. Like, yes. Yeah. No, to me, to me, it was important, like that. The, that the shows are something I actually listen to. So I did actually listen to all the, the shows that I was like, I will pitch them. Nice. Like it's worth it's worth actually going on and spending an hour or two to, to talk about it, as opposed to um, suffering through it. Because there's been like some really bad podcast interviews I've done, but. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so I thought it was important to actually like the material and content. Well, we appreciate that. All right, so we want to thank BJ again for uh, doing that. And we are going to hear a lot more from him next week. Uh, we are going to have uh, excerpts uh, from our interview during the episode when we talk about specific scenes of the movie. So you'll hear more from him then. But also, because we talked for such a long time, we talked just shy of two hours with him. And what a surprise, huh? I know. <laughs> hey, what? Did we go for, we go, we go too long now? <laughs> so um, there was just so much in there. We couldn't put it all in anywhere. We couldn't put it all in here. We couldn't put it all in in the next episode. So we are going to air, well, not air, but uh, we're going to release the entire interview uncut. Boom. Uh, extended so, edition so yeah we so talk you, about the making of yeah uh, there's uh, other videos you know it's gonna yeah. be amazing the miniatures department is yep. gonna be in. yep just <laughs> talking about my junk um yeah sorry about that i, t- I took it i took <laughs> it, it took to a dirty second, place actually no i was oh. like what oh oh because it's a tiny penis oh, i'm so sorry you need to make a miniature of it yeah what no that'd be if it was a big miniature yeah like we need to see this thing yeah, you gotta make it exactly. a little bigger so yeah so we've We've talked about some important shit. We talked to an awesome dude. We uh, did. He is an awesome guy. You're going to hear, like I said, you're going to hear a Buy lot more book. from him. Buy his books. Check out his comic. It's on Comixology and all those kinds of places. You can get it digital for cheap. You can find it in, I'm pretty sure it's been published in store, like in store and you can get it and stuff like that. Probably. So go check it out. It's a worthwhile 
check out. He's a super interesting guy. Go check out uh, bjmendelson.com. That's his website, so you can see everything it's on It's a nice there. looking website, too, man. Whoever nice does website. it for him. It's no miscastcommentary.com, I'll on, tell you that. Nothing I don't is. know who does that website for us. <laughs> But his penis has to be built in in bigotures. Damn right it does. Yeah. So anyways, yeah, definitely check all that stuff out next week, too. Uh, listen to the full interview. It was a lot of fun. Check out the episode. I think I drank so much pop today that I'm going into diabetic shock right now. Oh, we're going to do it. Yeah. I'm getting all warm. I'm, I'm not, well, it's because the air conditioner's off. Oh, we're God. Dying. It's... Uh, I, I, I'm not doing the math, but it's uh, it's been 37 degrees Celsius today as we record this, and I've had the AC on all day, and then we turned it off, and then instantly my dog caught fire, <laughs> and it's been... Whoa. <laughs> this is not what I planned. We can't turn it back on either, because we're doing an episode. Yeah, exactly. It makes noise. Like, sorry, dog. I can only do so much noise reduction yeah. before we start to the sound all tinny and shit. Is just, so, she's it's not actually a lot easier noise. to take it than you think. Yeah, it's fine. I'm not... I'm still not doing it. <laughs> Taking out the, it's just easier to take out the flaming dog. Yeah, uh, the poor singed deer. All right. Um, so as always, check us out, miscastcommentary.com on Twitter at Miscast Podcast. I'm at JK Findlay, Miss at Miscast Todd over here, at Miscast TV. Go check out the YouTube page at Miss of Miscast TV and Miscast Commentary. All these good things. We're on Instagram at Miscast Commentary. Why aren't you checking that thing out? We're taking weird pictures. <laughs> what the well, hell? Well, people are checking it out. That we have followers. At all good. Stuff, but I'm just saying. Like, Come on, more. Yeah, exactly. I, I want to make the ones who aren't feel guilty. Yeah, feel guilty. Feel or the bad. ones who follow us, but they just followed us as like a courtesy thing, and they haven't actually really checked us out. Like, get in there. Get Watch. in there. I made a sexy video one time of me editing and whispering. <laughs> I was just going, shh, Todd beats me if I don't do to get this done. <laughs> <laughs> That's the truth. Yeah. my He always beats me with a phone book, so there's no bruises. That's right. The Chinese phone book, too, is huge. Gigantic. It's actually not really as big as you think. It's kind of in sections. It's, well, it's because, it, like, every everybody lives in one apartment, so yeah. it's just the one number. That's <laughs> <laughs> Asking for somebody's a nightmare. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so anyways, do all those things we told you to do. Just do them, okay? Don't think, just do it. And then send me $50 in an unmarked envelope that says, well, no, mark the envelope that says ricin on it, and then I'll just open it up because, you know, fuck it. <laughs> send, him, send me 50 bucks. Don't send him 50 bucks. No, put ricin in his and say it's 50 bucks. Ooh. <laughs> just whatever. Do what you want. Send us all ricin. I don't give a shit. You don't have our addresses. Yeah, whatever. Just send it somewhere. Yeah. Blame us. Yeah. Don't make ricin. How about that? Let's just full stop. Don't make ricin. Full stop. Go. Well, are we it's all a letter this... here. What are we? Uh... Yeah. No. All this. Uh, ri- all this British talk of the royal wedding. Oh, and, yes. You know. Full stop, Harry. Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh yeah. And I was trying to come up with like a full go kind of reference, but they don't have anything like that. All right. Uh Tune in next week. You're getting essentially two episodes that are about the same length. They're both going to be about two hours in length. Sweet. So strap it's a in. a lot of content. We're cool. better than the WWE Network, man. We're not even $9.99 a month. No. Look at all this streaming goodness. Don't tell Todd or I'm going to have to start paying him. <laughs> hey, what? We're so expensive. Oh, my God. And everybody gets this. Oh, Lord. It's a mandatory charge. Mandatory gold membership charge. They're like, how did they get my credit card number? Anybody who's ever given money to the Red Cross doesn't realize, but they've got a constant payment coming into us now. Sweet. Thanks, everybody in Haiti. Like an office space. (laughs)
Yeah. All right, guys. We will see you next week. We won't see you. You'll hear us. And that's when you see us. Because we're right behind you. <laughs> You've been murdered. <laughs> yeah, he had to tell you that because you, you can't really hear it because you're dead. Yeah, exactly. Imagine that was like some murderer's thing. He just like sliced your throat. And, goes, and he's like, just so you know, you've been murdered by me. Oh, my God. Oh, no. <laughs> I thought this was a mugging. It was, it's yeah, much it's worse. A, oh, yeah. I thought it was my mom. Thanks, bud. Like, you're, you're the worst. <laughs> yeah, what would you say? Nothing. Cause no, you'd be, you'd say, <laughs> that was what I was going to say. It's like your throat was lit. You're dead. Yeah, you're dead. Yeah, you say fuck all. All right, guys. We'll see you next week. Bye. <laughs> This has been Miscast Commentary with your hosts, Joe Finley and Todd Murray. Executive producer, Joe Finley. Be sure to like, comment, and subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen. Visit www.miscastcommentary.com for all news related to the podcast. Miscast Commentary is a Miscast Media production. And another thing, (laughs) Mark.